2: Welcome back in on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score is a reunion of sorts. It is the original WB Club along with Steve Rosenblum. I am Mark Grody. Rosenblum has just limped back from the bathroom. He is here for us all.
0: I need hip replacement. I'm doing my Walter Brenner.
2: Good God. And I limped over
0: to the Alpamonte Ford hotline. Alpamonte Ford 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. We choose Paul Sullivan of the chicago tribune and paulie's on a you know a hate jag and we love that (laughs) writing about how much the cubs are hated and second most in america and he's got science behind him to prove it and thanks for coming on the show paul we sully we love that and we love the hate so share the hate with everybody could
1: you explain to me first what a hate
0: jag is yeah, you know, you're just writing about, "Hey, you go on this bender oh. of like, okay, oh. I hate this." Okay, that hate was this
2: that bad. was Rosenloom's entire Chicago Tribune career, as you <laughs> remember, Sully. It was
0: what? No, yeah, it's yeah, sunshine. I, I would hate
1: never to think anyone would think that I could, you know, possibly follow in those footsteps <laughs> because you know.
0: Well, I no want to one, commend you for trying. I'll give No you a... one could hate like you. No, no. Uh No, this was,
1: I don't know for people that didn't read it. It was uh I saw it in the LA Times, uh an online uh betting website uh, uh collected some twitter statistics from all 50 states and uh wanted to see, you know, which team in every state was the most hated uh, baseball wise and I'm not sure exactly, you know, what words they looked for other than hate, but uh they found out that the Yankees obviously were the most hated team by far in most states, I think 20 something and the Cubs were second with the uh, Eight states uh, being the most hated team, including some uh, like South Dakota and <laughs> I think it's Wyoming. It's just a state that you normally would not think is is hating the Cubs. Um, obviously, Missouri and Wisconsin were were two of them. But uh, so then I just uh, I, I had asked Joe about it, Joe Madden, a couple of years ago in spring training, uh, what it would be like if the Cubs, you know, were becoming a hated team after winning the World Series and. And he basically said that he didn't think that was – it would be a high compliment if it was, but he didn't think it would really happen because they had too many nice guys in the team. But uh, apparently (laughs) that's not the case.
0: (laughs) Well, no, they're doing such a lousy job of hitting with runners in scoring position. They're even hated in Illinois now.
1: (laughs) Doesn't mean they're not nice guys, of
0: course. Right, that's true. Um, Well, some of
2: them them are reprehensible. Hey, man, I I, like – I can see why the Cubs, I mean, they're nice guys. We we know that, but they do play with a certain amount of swagger, and they have a couple of guys in particular in Wilson Contreras and Javier Baez that a lot of teams walk out of Wrigley Field or wherever they are kind of shaking their heads and kind of talking under their breaths about the Cubs, but it's good. I mean, it's another big step away from the the stupid, lovable losers (laughs) thing that every Cubs fan or Cubs follower had to deal with forever
1: exactly and uh, i think uh, you have to uh also include joe madden in there as much as he's uh pretty popular here i think in a lot of other uh areas he would be considered you know kind of uh arrogant uh mm-hmm. you know too glib you know talks too much whatever yep. um three of the qualities that we love as journalists but uh <laughs> you know he he's probably got something to do with that and maybe theo too i mean uh, those guys are from Boston, and, uh, you know, people hate Boston, too. So, um, you know, I'm not sure how they came to all these conclusions, so I was just uh, taking it at, uh, as
2: fact.
0: Well, that's good. I'm with <laughs> you on that. You know, <laughs> it was in write. the L.A. Times. <laughs> <It's true>.
2: Again, <laughs> that's great journalism, taking it as fact. Yes. Yeah, never pass
0: up a chance <laughs> to write eight. Uh, Paul Sullivan is our guest here on The Score. We're talking Cubs, Cubs White Sox, baseball. This weekend, um, Sully, the – the the news was the news about Theo and what he and his frustrations and and all what he said during the Parkin McNeil Parkins interview um, struck me as a whole lot of hot air because I kept hearing the word about we've not gotten production we've not gotten this we've not gotten guy we're surprised we haven't gotten the production last October in that 71 minute therapy session he Part of what he said involved, we've got to stop worrying about projections and start evaluating players on production. He's the guy to do this. And he just sounds like a lot of hot air, like he's just wagging a big finger. He's the guy who should be doing something. I was, am I missing something? I was really disappointed, not in what he said. It made news, but act. Don't talk. You're the guy who made the distinction between projection and production. So why hasn't anything happened?
1: Well, I think that's what he's saying. He's kind of telegraphing that, uh, okay, you know, this is this is the month of the trade deadline. This is, you know, when things uh, get interesting. And, you know, he threw down the gauntlet at the GM meetings last November, uh, you know, talking about the reckoning and, um, you know, the, some of the things that you just mentioned. Um, so that was kind of the first warning, and I think this is like the second warning. And, um, you know, if the trade deadline goes by and he doesn't really – make any significant changes um that either means the Cubs have you know really got hot after the all-star break or you know he was just bluffing all along so um you know you could it might be hot air we don't know yet but uh definitely were some strong words uh pointed towards the players uh towards the core and uh you know we'll see if he acts on it
2: well, they did They did sign Craig Kimbrell, or he, he signed Craig Kimbrell. My question about that, though, is why was that money available now and it supposedly was not in the beginning of the season?
1: Well, that's, that's pretty easy. I think that was, uh, I mean, his money this year is basically the uh, Zobrist savings that they got from Zobrist not being there. And uh, the rest of it is just, you know, I mean, next year they're going to have some extra money because they'll be losing some other free agents. So I think, uh, yeah, I think if you look at the contract, it, it makes sense in that aspect. I mean, whether they could have, I originally thought they were just going to try and get him for this year, let him be a free agent again, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, prove yourself kind of like Mustakis always does. And, uh, then they gave him three years. So, I mean, they did, uh, you know, the window, we keep talking about that window. It's, it's not going to be open forever, but it, at least, should be open for two more years after this, uh, depending on what he does uh, in the near future here with the uh, trade deadline coming up.
0: So the the angst and the, uh, we recall Bob Renly's wonderful phrase, vortex of horse crap, and, you know, it was a game out, and they're really, when they played... This this they played bad, stupid, and lazy baseball, and this is still where they are because the division nobody's run away with it. They're they're really lucky. Does this hurt or help Theo's decision to make a move by by the end of this month?
2: Um,
1: I don't know. I think uh, you know if they're still just around five hundred and leading the division. I think uh, he's going to make a move if if they go off on some kind of hot streak. I mean, there's only two games left before the All-Star break, so it would have to, you know, come right after the break. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe he'll say, okay, you know, my, maybe they listened to me and they came out of it. Um, but you, you're right about, you know, the base running is just unbelievable. Um, some of the, you know, blunders they've made, it, it kind of reminds me of the '04 4 team when Moises Alou just kept getting double off seconds, uh, <laughs> you know, it, Every other day and Stoney was getting all over him and, you know, what that led to. So, um, you know, and it's all of them. It's not just, you know, one guy or two guys. It's, you know, Rizzo and Hayward Hayward and uh, Bryant. It's, you know, it's Elmora. It's
0: just nonstop. That's clearly on the, in my world, that's clearly on the players. These are players they've shown, they've proven themselves to be smarter than this. They've also proven themselves to be better than this. They won a World Series, and Mark brought it up. He he wondered if the fact that the these guys... When you have to use the word urgency, it's really like the word hunger, and you wonder where it is with guys who are just not able to focus or get there mentally and emotionally the way they did in 2016 when they hadn't won anything, hadn't really proven anything. Do you think there's anything to that? Because these guys are not playing focused, sharp baseball at all. You might physically be bad at something and make an error, but their mental approach and their emotional approach just completely missing for a team that should be better than it is.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't know how you can, you know, gauge focus because it's not a stat or anything, but uh, obviously base running errors would would fall under that category, you think. Um, And and the one thing is that Joe, you know, he – He's always telling him to be aggressive, and when they do make mistakes, you know he's like, uh, you know, you can't fault them for being aggressive. And and then that's one thing about Joe is he doesn't really rip on his players ever. So uh, maybe you know they know that he's not going to rip on them afterwards. And there's always the fans crying about you know a hobby or somebody you know hits one, stands there watching it, and then it goes off the wall and he winds up at first base or. Um, something like that. And and that's a, a legitimate complaint, but uh, i got to tell you, I see that every day, <laughs> Cubs, White Sox, no matter who's playing, that just seems to be a standard issue these days.
0: But the problem is he's the only manager who says, i got one rule, respect 90. And respect 90 from his two, three, four, five hitters, they've all been lazy. They've all stood there and watched stuff. And and there's no consequence. Nothing happens.
1: Yeah, I don't call that lazy. I just call that cocky. You know, you think it's going out, and it's not. Um, mm-hmm. My thinking is always, well, you better be sure it's going out. I mean, <laughs> yes. if you stand there, it's going on to, you know, Waveland Avenue, and you're standing there fine. But it's the ones that, you know, go off the base of the wall that, that drive me crazy. And uh, so, you know, I mean we've we've talked about it with Joe before and uh, he just basically passes it off as you know this is the new era the millennials that's what they like to do and uh that's you know something that Clint Hurdle doesn't like and that's Kind of why Joe and Clint Hurdle uh, don't see
2: eye-to-eye. A very, very entertaining relationship those yes, two it have. It, um, it is beautiful, yeah. It really is. And, <laughs> and I, kinda, I actually, just from my years covering the guy, I like Clint Hurdle, too. And I know Cubs fans probably yeah. don't, but he's an interesting guy himself.
1: Yeah, and to have Joe West in the middle of that. Oh, you know, being the peacemaker. Yeah. just kind of like all
0: worlds collide.
1: Like, like, yeah.
2: jo- like Joe West lo- came out of that looking the best, quite honestly. Yeah.
0: Twilight Zone.
2: He did like what you were... He, he held Joe back. He issued warnings to both benches and everybody loved Joe West for a day. Hey, Paulie... Did he issue warnings? I he did. I didn't
1: issue one until after the boat he uh,
2: got hit. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. You're right. It was after yeah. boat. Eventually he yeah. did. I'm just saying, yeah. like as the game oh, went okay. on, he continued to maintain order. Joe
0: West was yeah. a hero for a day. It's a country music Music song.
2: <laughs> that he probably wrote, right? Uh, hey, Paulie, on the on the White Sox side of the, of the world, Ed Farmer, White Sox broadcaster, um, said something really interesting. I was listening the other day, and he said that the White Sox are still not running, that they are walking um, in a figurative sense, but they are walking with more of a sense of purpose. They're walking and knowing what they're doing at this point at 41 and 43. The question to me, for me, is when do you think this team is going to start running. Could it happen post-All-Star break? Is it is it next year? Today. When? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right over the cubs. Right, it's against John Lester. Um, <laughs> when does it start? Because I think that we're at a point, I'm surprised with how the White Sox have progressed this year, to be honest with you.
1: Well, yeah, if you look at that rotation, I mean, other than uh, Geo, it's, it's not been good at all. Uh, he is, it's like a one-man rotation. So the fact that they're almost five hundred. Um, after all that is really remarkable, and you got to give, uh, Renteria some credit for that. Um, but, you know, as far as running, I don't think you can run until you, uh, get a rotation. And certainly they made the first step in bringing up Dylan Cease, and, you know, I think he's really going to be a star. And, you know, next year they'll get Kopeck back and eventually Radon, and, uh, you know, maybe some of these kids from the minors will show something, or maybe they've you know, got all the money they saved from Machado, maybe they can you know, buy a pitcher, which would be nice. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're definitely, I think, turned the corner. And to me, you know, we won't know for sure. We said that last year when Colpec came up, and of course they, you know, as soon as he got injured, they went downhill. But that game in Boston, the last game of that uh, road trip, when uh, they came back, they blew the save in the eighth inning. First blown save for Colomay, and then they came back in the ninth and won in on the Abreu home run. That really showed me a lot because, you know, a lot of teams would have been, you know, pretty demoralized after it was a great game and giving up a lead like that. But uh, they really showed something, I thought. and um, They do uh, seem to believe in themselves, even despite, you know, they've got a lot of holes. But, uh, you know, 500 is is pretty impressive when you think about they lost 100 games last year.
0: Paul Sullivan is our guest here on The Score Saturday, Suckage. So we we heard the suggestion earlier in the show that, well, if Ivan Nova sucks tomorrow, maybe Dylan Cease comes on in relief. No, the no, awesome. no, 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 <laughs> no, it's not happening. <laughs> Wait, what do you think? Now, you and I would do this, Sully. We'd be all in favor. Uh, what do well, you think? Well, you know, he's he's got some, uh, he'll have a little vacation there next week. But,
1: uh, you know, if it was anyone else, maybe, but, you know. I mean, they've got to protect this kid at all costs, especially after what happened with uh, Kopech. Yeah. Um, so I would imagine they'll give him a nice long rest. And they've already they've said from spring training on that they're going to be managing his innings very closely. Um, you know, the kid throws 100. They don't want to. He's got a great curve and, uh, you know, change up. They don't want to, you know, mess him up. So um, I think... Not <laughs> in the, in,
2: in the, from from the perspective of Ricky Renteria, and in the words of Lou Pennell,
1: What do you think? I'm stupid. It <laughs> Whose idea was this? Was this yours, Steve? No, no. Oh. Um, Whose idea was? Uh,
0: didn't Schuster bring it
2: up? Yeah, Schuster said. Yeah, well, it was Schuster. Schuster demanded surprised. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he's actually kind of predicted. Who are you rooting for today, Pauly? <laughs>
0: Yeah. you talking to me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's, he's rooting for disco
1: demolition. <laughs> yeah, <I was> <laughs> Who make, you rooting for today? <laughs> I'm
2: rooting to make my deadline. Uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's all I ever root for. Well, yeah. it's a 6.15 start, man. That's a dream yeah. start time for an evening game, right? Not for me. No, <laughs> <It's> like, really? <laughs> no, my deadline's, deadline's at 4.30. Like at oh, <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know if you've been reading the paper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Does anybody uh, read you know, the paper? You know, yes, yeah, a lot of people do. Oh. And, uh, the yeah. uh, deadlines are not uh, good for... Uh, you know, scores, but uh, they are good for features. So I'll have a nice feature column.
0: That's right. Find something else to hate. That's what I recommend. (laughs) Sully. Thanks for your time. Thanks for reading, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <That's enjoying it>. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Sullivan, Chicago Tribune, Sox Cubs, writing about the Cubs being hated. Most teams that win are, and he's right about, you're right about the swagger that they have. And, yeah, they're and hateable. Easy. Yeah.
2: I love it. No, if I think it's great. and
0: Hurdle. Maybe he was the sole guy in that poll, but it, it's, it's easy to hate because
2: it's what great. happens
0: is when a team, even a story as wonderful as the Cubs, of 108 years when they're in the World Series, and you're listening to... To Joe buck and, and and everybody is is romancing this whole story, and you 're going to be there to see this kind of history. people will get sick of it you don 't know where that line is, but it 's going to be crossed, and then people will hate hearing that story, and then they 'll hate the team they 'll transfer that hate and so yeah one hundred percent one hundred
2: percent and a couple textures saying. A lot of people hate Cubs fans. That's a – oh, absolutely. Sure. I, I would they hate, did when they were bad. I would hate Cubs fans too because they're everywhere and they take over stadiums. And, you know, as we all know, like like they're not like a majority of fans anywhere they go. But, you know, you know how it is. Like if you've got 5,000 fans, and they're going to be louder and they're going to be obnoxious. I mean, I, I saw that covering the Cubs when the team that stands out to me was when the Kansas City Royals – came to Wrigley Field, and they were still relevant and good at the time, <laughs> they had thousands of fans, and they were they were more voice, boisterous than than Cubs fans on that day, because that's what you do when you are visiting teams' fans. You are going to be more aggressive, and that's the way Cubs fans are.
0: Right, and you're going to stay to the end if your team's winning. Absolutely. You know, everybody else is making it
2: yeah. yeah. Take a
0: break. When we come back, um, You, um, your quarterback attracted a lot of interest, a lot of betting interest. I want Ah, to discuss that with you. And we have other nonsense to try to fill time before the radio station starts with inside the clubhouse at two o'clock, leading up to Cubs, White Sox, baseball. Saturday Suckage, the the reunion of the original WB Club. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We want to thank you for waking and baking with us. And whatever time you get up, whenever time you want to be here, it's always WB time. Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s?
3: You Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
0: So we're rejoining the original WB Club. It's a reunion. Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We are here. We are back. We are um, together again for the first time and never again. That's what it always seems. It does.
2: Like like once a year, maybe. Once every couple of years we do a show together. And then for the most part, Mitch likes to keep us separated. So a
0: texter said... Are you sitting in for yourself? And then I mentioned, well, Espo's sitting in later this month. And I'm not sure when, but he would be sitting in for Spiegel, who's sitting in for Espo, who is in for Jordan Burnfield, who's in for you. Peru, Who's in for Wayne Randazzo. Who's oh, God, in for I forgot about Wayne. Brian Peruk. Man. Yeah. And we're all in for Dave Baum. <laughs> so that's as I understand it. The chat um, champ. We, we always have to ask the question when Mark Grody's in, even when he's on the air, what, what errands, how is Gene Grody and what errands has she sent Gary Grody on to get to the We always got
2: to get some appetizers. And I, you know, Mark's having a party. Oh, well, I'll give you a couple of Gene, Gene things. Um, we actually, love our,
0: we love our Gene Grody. She's She's sort of the show's. Mother's Day right. star.
2: She's, the, she's the, show's, the show mom.
0: Yeah, show mom. Jean
2: Garodi is the, the show mom. And actually, interestingly enough, when I told her, because I am in this season, until the Bears start, which they will soon, and we're going to talk about the Bears in a yep. second too, I am sort of, I, whoever wants me, I will work with them. Um, I'm working with you today.
0: We all want you. Well,
2: right. For instance, next week I will have the opportunity to work with my good friend Dan McNeil for a couple of days, Tuesday and Wednesday, as Parko's taking a couple of days off. He's got to go to some vacation. He's got to take some time off. So I <laughs> will be get his parentheses that he speaks yeah in yes right. Up. So I will be in for parenthetical Parkins, and then <laughs> that's good. And then. <laughs> On Thursday and Friday, I believe I will be in for another Dan I will be in for Dan of the Bernsteins who is also i get to work with Connor McKnight for a couple days so that 's my long way of saying this is kind of like what I do during the off season. I get to host and hang out with everybody and you know I always let Gene know what 's going like who i 'm working right. with when i 'm on because she does listen she 's probably listening right now and when I told her that I was working I, I told her mom i 'm working with uh, with good old Steve Rosenblum today, and she just go, Oh, I I just love it when you host with Steve. I like it. She goes, I like it when you host with Steve. Like like it just gave her a, like seriously, it was a warm Aww. fuzzy. We're Ow, glad
0: I, we made you happy, mom. Right?
2: Like I oh I just She's like that. Mom. I like that when you work. So yeah. So that's that's. Gina. I do too, mom. Yeah. Mother Jean. I love I do us. Too. I yeah, love us. We love yes. us.
0: Um, speaking of the Bears. Yeah. So. When it came out over a week ago, it was, it was really big news in this city, and likely only this city except for one other, that the NFL odds came out with the Las Vegas sportsbook, Superbook, posted odds of MVPs, likely MVPs. So you had your favorites, Mahomes, and the usual suspects, in, in addition to Pat Mahomes. At 200-1 to one was Mitch Trubisky, your... Is that pretty good, 200-1? That is a ridiculous long shot.
2: Okay. Because I'm asking you that seriously. I, yeah, it's I'm ignorant it. to the it's numbers behind, and things like behind,
0: that. You know, running backs and defensive players. Okay.
2: So there's not a, not a good chance in per Vegas right. to those be Those are really long okay. odds. But
0: okay. if, you're a long, if you like to play long shots, you like to put some money down yeah. on a long shot, uh-huh. wait all season and see how that plays out, that can be productive. You make a wise choice. And it can help. So here, with the, the way that we've seen the arc of young quarterbacks, Pat Mahomes is a perfect example of a guy who's a favorite to be MVP in moving the way Mitch Trubisky, based on the familiarity with the Andy Reid system and Philadelphia system and the way these guys work, those young quarterbacks... Mr. Trubisky would be in line to take that major step that we saw Pat Mahomes take.
2: Jared Goff too, if you'd like.
0: If you'd like, and even if you wouldn't like, he's yeah. still there. Yeah, Bears. So he starts off at two hundred to one, and everybody's going, "Are you crazy? Do you know that's Mitch Trubisky, the Bears quarterback? Do you know he's the linchpin for whatever's going to happen with this franchise? Do you know and where he was life? drafted? Do you know who he is? Yeah. And apparently, Chicago fans do. Know, Chicago fans have never been shy about betting their teams betting their players. He got bet down from 200 to one to 50 to one. <laughs> now, now I get it. <laughs> in in a week. And Jake Hornegay, who's a wonderful longtime handicapper, Las Vegas Hilton, and all up and down the strip, he's at the Las Vegas Sportsbook. He's the the Westgate Las Vegas Sportsbook race and sports operations director. Quote, it was, this is from... Um, I think this is from the Tribune article um, or Pro Football Talk. It was right from the get-go there was a lot of interest in Tabriskie at 200-1. to That has really continued to a point where he is by far our biggest liability to win the MVP. Wow. When you're giving out two hundred and one odds, it doesn't take much to create the liability. As it rolls in and you're accumulating hundreds or maybe thousands of dollars at two hundred and one at two hundred and one, next thing you know you have a six figure mid six figure liability attached to Trubisky, and that's the last thing I want to do is lose six figures on the NFL MVP. And they are in mid six figures for the betting of Trubisky to be MVP says, I just want to know what kind of water you guys are drinking up there. (laughs) Is everybody drinking like Soldier Field water or something? What the heck is going on up there?
2: Let's go live to Springfield now and bring in the scores, Joe Ostrowski. Joe? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. No, actually, there's a 773 uh, text that says prop swap. Does that sound familiar to you? Best place to sell long odds when the market tightens. Um, But that's not your question. Um, no, I've never. Heard so of that. so anyway, like yeah, I, I would not predict uh, Trubisky to be the MVP this year. However, I mean, we did see him finally make a like a real jump with a real coaching staff and real receivers. So I think it's fair to say that he can take the next level. I don't, I don't see him moving into elite status this year. I think that that's possibly in his future. Um, but like. To think that he's going to go to, to MVP, I think the competition might be a little bit too tight for him.
0: But there will be... One of the things that I would point towards, Stevie Sunshine says, there's yeah. going to be Bring it. more of the playbook available. True. Not just listening to what they said. Some of it is so much blather. He looks great. He's just so much more confident. I expect that improvement. But with more of the playbook, less predictability, and Matt Neggie's Likelihood to just want to call plays outside the box, anyways. I think that plays to his ability to to Trubisky's ability to be a star. I did not see Pat Mahomes coming, not that
2: Pat. And I didn't see Jared Goff coming either. So that's why
0: you can also apply that transfer that to. I agree. I,
2: I am only saying like. You're asking me MVP. I'm saying like if I had MVP. to like say yes or MVP. no, I'd probably say no. But here's the other part too. It's not just about Trubisky this year, nor was it last year. You had a bunch of although very qualified receivers, they were new to Trubisky. They were new to Matt Nagy's system. And I'm talking specifically mm-hmm. about Allen Robinson and Trey Burton and Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller. All these guys are going to be expected to and, and I think will Make take the next step. So there is some culpability with them in this offense mm-hmm. as well. And then they have a, they have a running back that they like or they think they like that is multidimensional, they think, in David Montgomery this year. Um, and Mike Davis, and obviously Tariq Cohen's still going to get some some runs out of there and do things out of the backfield. So it's not just Trubisky that will take another step forward this year. I believe it is the rest of that offense that has to and w- I mean, like think about it, like like Allen Robinson. Although he did miss what three games last year, mm-hmm. Allen Robinson had seven hundred fifty-four receiving yards. He should probably. I mean, there was no one thousand-yard receiver there. Pro- in an offense like this, there probably should be a thousand-yard receiver. Um, you know, he was he was targeted the most was Allen Robinson. Uh, though it was Tariq Cohen had, who had the most catches for the Bears last year. Um, Anthony Miller had the most touchdown catches at seven. Uh, Trey Burton had six. So there's a lot of things that I think you'll start to see those, like, numbers go up for these teams or for these players.
0: I wonder how much they're going to trust Trey Burton after what happened in the playoffs. How much do they trust him? They built a game plan around him, and they should have beaten the Eagles. Yeah,
2: well, see, now it, it depends on, like, he, he he apparently has. A, we were told at the OTAs in the offseason season that Trey Burton did have a sports hernia, and that was associated with the injury that he had that forced him to miss the Eagles game. So some people had thought that oh, is it was this a mental thing? Was he really injured? But he was Unless talking like it was that it was a mental thing. Yeah, he was. He was talking about that no he was talking about issue. it like in in the past and he didn't completely rule out the possibility yeah. okay um but it sounds i mean it sounds to me like if if we're believing everything and i do that it was a sports hernia and matt Nagy said that it, that was part uh, or that was associated with the same injury that he had that forced him to miss the eagles game so if you are to believe that uh-huh. then you should believe that oh and he's another guy i mean trey burton Is, you know, he's supposed to kind of be your ultra back, you know, your guy that does everything. And while he did some really good things last year, he wasn't as present as I thought he would be throughout the entire season, not just the Eagles miss, just the whole year. He wasn't as part of the offense as I thought he would be. And I think he they still plan to have him be that. He he best be, you know what I mean? uh, Especially since the, the tight end position is just... It's the one area, like, on the entire team that you look at and say, you can kind of question it a little bit in terms of what you might or might not get out of it. Adam Shaheen and... Um mm-hmm. and Trey Burton, although completely different positions, um at the tight end spot, but but he, needing both, but needing both, and it's you know needing it, more of Unfortunately, it's becoming the same thing with Adam Shaheen every year, where the expectations are st- are high because of where he was drafted yep. in the second round, um and he's been very injury prone, and it feels like that he's a guy that should be you know a big if nothing else a big red zone target. He's got the big part. He does. That's why. And yeah, and you know, they expected him to be a guy who could stand at the back of the end zone and get those jump balls. So what do you expect the Chuck Pagano effect to be? What are guys saying
0: that might sound different than what you heard them when you were around them talking about Vic?
2: Yeah, actually there was one, finally one actual like concrete thing that, that I was told um, by, I wish I could think of who the player was. Um, But, it was that they commu- that he communicates differently than than Vic Fangio did. Whereas Vic Fangio was very um, stoic. Well, it, it, oh. not that, not that. Like they basically saying that Chuck Pagano talks more. In essence, that that he communicates more. And it was appreciated. There, it was no. It was not a shot at Vic Fangio. I should be very clear. These players liked Stylistic Vic, they, but they appre- Like, the, I think the one thing they do appreciate about Chuck Pagano is that he is a different type of communicator. As in, he talks more to these guys. You know, it was like Vic was the guy who, if you watched him in practice, and I did, he'd walk around in his gray sweatsuit with his arms folded and just kind of taking notes. You could kind of just see it in his eyes. But he's not. He wasn't a big yeller or talker. I think Pagano communicates differently. The biggest, the most important thing about Chuck Pagano is that he brought, he continues to bring, like Vic Fangio brought, credibility. To, yeah. like, they, they know who Chuck Pagano is, and I think that that's important with a bunch of guys that are, are this good. That, that as soon as he walks in, okay, we know you. It's not like we got to get used to some young guy and, like, different philosophy. And there, there are going to be different, slightly different philosophies, slightly different language. But one of the things that Pagano has said, and smartly, is that, look... I know what these guys are capable of. I saw them play last year. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not stupid. I'm not gonna. I'm not hey, yeah, think I'm stupid. I'm not gonna put them in in dumb positions and things like that. Of, of course. Um, and then I think the the one of the other great things about Chuck Pagano, like he's a made man. Um, he's very happy, and he's he is what is it? Self actualized. He is happy to be a defensive coordinator. He's not trying to be. He did the head coach thing. Yep. He doesn't want to be a head coach anymore. Maybe if somebody fought, like, threw crazy money in, maybe he would. But all he wants to do at this point is be the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, and he doesn't care about anything else. You know, you bring
0: up the fact that the way he communicates and the players are receptive. Yes. This was a, very, this was a Cubs issue that Joe Madden, of, of course, over-addressed, talking to millennials, dealing with millennials. But Pagano's dealing with millennials as well. Of course. And he's explaining what and why, and they seem to be receptive. So if they were receptive to the grumpy old man who didn't talk much, then maybe this becomes bigger better. It still depends on what position he puts them in, what kind of defenses he calls. But again, like you said... He saw them play. Mm-hmm. He saw what they do well. Yeah. I don't think we need Khalil Mack in coverage. <laughs> I think we want him in the backfield. Right? right.
2: right? Yeah. We choose that. Yes. And I think that, like, there's two things, like, this year that are – I mean, other than the obvious things to look forward to, you know, another year of Khalil Mack and uh, – oh, my God. Okay. We have I'm to, sorry. We have we breaking have news. This. We have I'm breaking sorry. news
0: on our phone lines.
2: Holy mackerel. We
0: have, we have put out, like, the – 10-year APB has been put out. And on the SCORE phone lines, I've been told we have Toby from Albuquerque. Is
3: that Toby from Albuquerque? Toby? Hey, guys.
2: Wait a minute. Hey, What's, guys. Is this really you, Toby?
3: Dude, it's really me.
2: Oh, this is not I'm Toby. I'm not buying this. Oh, this is man. not Toby from Albuquerque. It is. Toby, prove it to us.
3: How can I do that?
2: You sound good.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I am good. That's the problem. (laughs) It's been a while, guys.
2: You sound clean. I'm not
0: sure. I'm not not sure. We're not buying this. It is.
3: Uh, I should have texted you a secret word or something.
0: Yeah. What city are you in, Toby? Albuquerque. No, Toby would never know that. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh. Holy cow! He does sound like Paul Sullivan. So a texture said that <laughs> you guys have a similar voice pattern. Holy cow! Paul, oh, how's my friend Verds? You know what? This is this is this could be this could be. How's totally. my friend Verds? Oh, we haven't going? talked to Verds in a while. we have
0: not. We have not well, that is just a crime against humanity. It is. I saw him in in Walgreens um, about eight nine months ago. Um, we were doing yeah. old man stuff, but, um, he, he would, yeah, he, I was about, he would be in Walgreens. Yeah, he would. So what it, it's, I'm so glad that we've unearthed you. if this is really you and if
3: not, we'll just it, play along with it. I scam. think it is. I think it, it, it is
2: it, now. I'm it, a believer.
3: It, it, it. Uh, and, uh, my, my dad works with a guy named Brett who used to work on the show now. So that's craziness. Wait, the, your dad works? You still? guys can verify that. Your it, dad works? What does your dad do, Toby? Uh, he works with the uh, Illinois Board of, Board of Electrical Workers.
2: <clears throat> that Brett, is our Brett union, Lyons? gentlemen. That 100% is our union. Brett! Yes. Brett Lyons. Yes, sir. You know what? This is getting <laughs> more and more confusing. So well, okay. hey, I think it is, Toby. No, so it's you. Really verified. It's you. Hi, I'm
3: here. Hello. Don't you dare call it a comeback.
2: (laughs) Listen to the way I slay.
3: It does sound like (laughs)
2: something. Toby, where have you been, man? Uh, In Albuquerque. Oh, yeah, but why haven't you called the show? Is it because I've been gone?
3: Uh, Well, I haven't heard you guys. Yeah, it's true.
2: We haven't been on together.
3: I heard you guys today. And I was like, hey, it's those guys.
0: (laughs) Right. And um, your thoughts on recreational pot being legalized in illinois <laughs> right if it's
3: good. good it's good good thing i don't know if it draws you back yeah. here or not yeah maybe possibly in the country toby i know it's crazy i never thought i never thought uh that would happen and now they're worried about the strength of the thc in
0: the recreational pot they're going to sell.
2: I never thought oh, yeah. you'd return, but now here you are, Your and love. here I am. That was Pearl Jam. Awesome.
0: Okay. There are a lot of people who keep asking about you, Toby. It, it'll be That's nice to good. They, yeah, it is. They I'm wonders. glad people care. And they don't know that it... They wouldn't never consider it an official reunion of the Wake and Bake Club if there wasn't a Toby
3: appearance. Well, I didn't think so, so that was why I yeah, had I'm, a I'm
2: Well, I'm sorry to hear you sound healthy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> he got all of that yeah. one right back at you, yeah, man. Yeah, no,
2: I love you, Toby. You know I do, and I'm glad that you called. Uh, sorry we didn't believe you at first, but you understand. That's, you know, that's okay. We get a lot except,
0: of except no counterfeits. We get a
2: lot of strays around here on yes, the the original W B Club.
0: And a right. lot of people sound like you when they're baking and baking. So
2: Yeah. We just right.
0: yeah. Toby it's great. Well, Thank you know, for calling.
3: It's almost the afternoon out here, so or is it? It is afternoon.
2: It's right. afternoon somewhere.
3: There you go. It yeah. is. No, it's
0: right. It's Toby rec- you you're recreational a- somewhere.
2: Toby, I love you buddy. Yeah. Look at hey, Toby, look at me. Look, look at me. Yeah, look at me. Yeah, I, I got it. you. I love you. I, I got you right you, here. I'm, I'm pounding right I'm here, thumping my heart right now, buddy. Love you.
0: <laughs> we heart you. <laughs>
3: we heart you. Yes. Oh, heart WB. All right. <gasps>
0: yes. Toby, thanks for calling.
3: No problem. You guys have a great week. You too. And everything. You too. See may you Toby. Your, may your bong always
0: be full.
2: Did you notice that Toby kind of went back into character towards the end of the call? Like he was very salient at the lucid at the at the beginning of of the call. Uh, he he sensed that we it were disappointed. Lane, yeah. He sensed that we didn't know him. But then he started to sound like Toby towards yeah, the end of the yeah. call. Yeah. I think he was putting on a show for us. All
0: right, we in typical WB fashion, we ran right through stop signs. We'll take a break. We'll come back and close this thing out so we can start the radio station after. We're done. Yes. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: From the Northwestern Football Update Studio, join Coach Fitz and the Big Ten West Division and Holiday Ball Champions at Ryan Field this fall when they host Ohio State, Iowa, and more season and single-game tickets on sale now at NUSports.com. Steve.
0: I'm just waiting for Get the off closing, your phone! Set, closing ceremonies. Yeah.
2: There you go. I was waiting for that.
0: You can't always hear it. We
2: That's talked right about this during hear, the break. It was really-
0: Toby what a thing
2: it was Toby I mean yeah
0: yeah I want to thank Lamont Pope joining us today day two of his score tour David Schuster nobody says Saturday seconds by Jack Jackworski talking NBA Paul Sullivan talking hate Mike Chen produced this sucks show appreciate everyone who listened and the only person who called was Toby Toby called <laughs> us Toby 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 Toby. 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 Inside the
3: clubhouse is next on the score. And it wouldn't have been
1: possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to
0: you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Wait. Oh, yes. Wait. wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's it.